Hello and welcome to the Australia India Institute's Chats Over Chai podcast. I'm Sarah White, the Head of Strategic Communications for the Institute. First and foremost, I'd like to acknowledge the lands of the Gadigal people who have been custodians of this land on which we meet today for thousands of years and pay our respects to the elders past, present and emerging. In this podcast today, I'm joined by Mr. Manish Gupta, the Consul General of India in Sydney, to discuss his role as Consul General over the past three years, covering the jurisdictions of New South Wales and South Australia, and during a period which has seen incredible growth in the bilateral relationship. Consul General Gupta is a career diplomat and has been a member of the Indian Foreign Service since 1998. During his diplomatic career spanning over 20 years, he has held various positions in New Delhi and abroad, including Istanbul, New York, Dhaka, Brussels and Nepal. Since the Consul General has been in Australia, the Australia and India partnership has become one of the most important diplomatic relationships in the Indo-Pacific region. From the elevation of the relationship to a comprehensive strategic partnership, to the signing of a new trade agreement and our joint security cooperation through the Quad, there is no doubt the Consul General has had a busy past few years. To unpack some of this, I'm delighted to be the Indian Consul General Sydney office with Mr Manish Gupta, the Consul General himself. Welcome, Consul General. Thank you very much, Sarah. And it's always a great delight to have someone from the Australia India Institute and the important role you play in strengthening our bilateral ties. Thank you, Mr. Manish Gupta. Firstly, I wanted to ask you, when you first arrived in Australia in 2019 to begin this posting, what was your initial view of how your role may play out in the intervening years? I arrived to this beautiful city in 2019. As one would expect with the normal functioning of a consulate office, our role is more about trade and economic partnerships, building cultural ties and the smooth and efficient delivery of consular services. Having arrived here, I realized my role, my responsibilities were probably much deeper, more intense than that. Because each place, each society has its own unique and distinct character. And for us as diplomats, it's about building bridges and connecting the two peoples. Before arriving to Sydney, I was aware of the vast diaspora footprint in this country and especially the states in my jurisdiction, New South Wales and South Australia. I realized the importance of first-hand experience of our shared values and interests, our similar governance systems and the way Indian diaspora was embedded in multicultural Australia. And in fact, being an open society here, it's a lot more easier, I realize, for new migrants to call it home, a home away from home, and being assimilated in the Australian environment. So therefore, if I may say so, our diaspora is well placed to play a big role in connecting our two countries together. It also provides a greater meaning, more depth, intense and engagement to my own work. Great. And of course, no one could have predicted that we would face a pandemic during the time before you arrived. What do you think was the hardest part about being Consul General during such a challenging time of the pandemic? Looking back 
this once in a century crisis posed some extraordinary challenges to everyone to governments around the world for us here in sydney in australia the big presence of our students and indian diaspora meant that these challenges were on a different scale we sensed enormous distress and anxiety especially with our elderly people and the students when first cases of covid came to sydney there were stories of misery and untold human suffering also it was rather driven by anxiety to get out of the country as soon as possible but most unnerving were the cases when we interacted or students would call us at late night and showing withdrawal symptoms but addressing those concerns counseling advocacy and keeping their morale high i think was one of the most toughest parts but having said that we were greatly assisted both in australia and then at the indian end the vande bharat mission which the government of india streamlined it in the very initial phases ensured we could send more than 10000 indian in the very first year in 2020 itself back home likewise when things were a little difficult back home in india the next year we could sense people wanting to come back to australia but working together with the australian government with support and cooperations we were able to manage both fronts and i am very thankful to the state government here and the federal government to allow the consulate operations open on a 24/7 basis in fact i would like to share with you not a single day was there when we shut down the con- consulate operations during the entire covid pandemic that's amazing in terms of the relationship between india and australia many rely on the cliche of the themes the three c's cricket curry and commonwealth you and i have probably been at multiple events where the, these three c's are mentioned as the main commonality between the two countries Do you think these clichés are helpful to or hinder the bilateral relationship? Sara, you have rightly said. Cricket, Commonwealth and curry. No conversations in our relationship begin without a reference to them. In fact, in today's times, to me they would imply a much more metaphoric meaning with deep connotations. certainly our relationship is much dear much deeper than that ours is a natural partnership based on our shared values and interests we are societies that deeply value knowledge and innovation we celebrate we respect diversity for us it's about deeply valuing our friendships and equality of opportunities personally i really love and admire the australian words fair go and matchship these are even better words but in today's times probably the cricket goes beyond the cricketing ties and includes the entire factor of sports commonwealth is more about our shared values interest and our governance systems that bring us closer together and curry certainly beyond cuisine and the gastronomic delights it includes culture and the way 
the wider australian society loves and participates in indian cultural activities only last month we celebrated the kite festival in the beautiful castle hill show grounds and i was surprised during the whole day there were almost 10 to 15000 people participating in kite flying and same happens every year when we celebrate the international yoga day we always find try to find additional space where we could ensure much more wider participation and this year our town hall event in fact at some point of time we didn't have a space to accommodate each and every one This month you welcome two ministers to Australia the Minister of State for External Affairs Sri V Murdoli Haran to New South Wales and also the External Affairs Minister Dr S J Shankar now these are both many visits state visits that you've hosted in the past year how do you find indian ministers generally respond to australia when you're hosting them last few years have seen a transformative change in our bilateral ties from the comprehensive strategic partnership to cooperation under the quad framework to the ratification of icta these indicate the level of our intense engagement and these have been characterized by a very high level interaction our trade defense and diplomatic ties today are at a much higher level we both countries we share the same vision for a free open inclusive and rules based indo pacific region in particular last year was quite intense in terms of inbound and outbound visits eight senior ministers from government of india visited sydney and earlier this month we were privileged to host honorable minister mr v murli dharan and dr s j shankar for us from our perspective these visits are about providing added momentum to a bilateral partnership it's about community of our interest reaffirming strengths to our partnership and provide boost to ongoing cooperation In fact during the visit of Dr S Jayashankar we inaugurated the Raisina dialogue in Sydney in collaboration with SP These all things indicate how far our relationship has advanced During these interactions with the Australian leadership one thing I always realized for our ministers this has been a great experience in terms looking into our similarities cultural diversity diversity and above all the vibrancy of indian cultural diaspora over here we all realize that working together we all are well placed to take the relationship to greater heights and speaking of greater heights the india the australia india economic cooperation and trade agreement that we know as ecta creates new opportunities for indian and australian businesses how do you see ecta changing the trade and investment landscape for both countries ecta the economic cooperation and trade agreement in its acronym in hindi will symbolize it's a unity agreement and this is one relationship where we see extensive complementarities between india and australia 
and if you see the overall perspective uh bilateral cooperation in all its dimensions one aspect one pillar that has still yet to perform to its full potential is our trade and economic partnership and that's where i think ekta is a game changer it's going to provide a new momentum to our trade and economic partnership australian resources in particular critical minerals agriculture wines they will find a new market in india in fact more than 86% of australian tariff lines will now be duty free on the indian side we will benefit from a tariff free access of the australian natural resources and we are further negotiating the comprehensive economic and cooperation agreement that will cover the services sector also the migration and mobility aspect is also equally important for movement of the talent the india's new education policy provides new pathways for cooperation we are already working towards recognition of mutual qualifications all together this will provide an opportunity for the australian education sector especially the higher education sector to step up its presence in india and also participate in the growth story by skilling initiatives and nurturing talent in india for india and rest of the world when we talk of today's world of de-risking the global economy ekta is going to play an important role in building resilient and reliable supply chains also this year india is hosting the g20 how significant is this do you think for india and what is the country hoping to see out of hosting such a prestigious event india hosts the g20 presidency for this year this year g20 is taking place in the larger context of a geopolitical crisis food and energy insecurity mounting debt burden especially in the developing countries and challenges to the climate action and climate justice our theme for g20 is one earth one family one future it strives to foster universal togetherness and a commitment to the humanity the need today is that the benefits of development are universal and all inclusive for us our focus is on digital domain clean energy sustainable lifestyles women led development and reforms of the multilateral institutions our prime minister's initiative of life lifestyle for environment is also prominent in our approach we have done extensive consultations with the global south and we aim to make g20 a catalyst for global challenge for us g20 is also an occasion to showcase the india and its diversity to the world in fact we are organizing more than 200 meetings in 56 destinations all across india and of course we look forward to the forthcoming g20 summit that will be held in september in new delhi this year Council General, as you mentioned before, you've engaged extensively with the Indian diaspora here in Sydney. 
What role do you think the diaspora can play in building the bilateral relationship? And what has been your experience interacting with such a vibrant community? Having been in Sydney for the last three years, I have realized our diaspora is highly accomplished, comprising of our professionals, students, business and industry. It is also one of the highest migrant groups, highest educated migrant groups in this country, and also the second largest tax-paying migrant groups also. They are well-placed to build vibrant bridges between India and Australia. The emergence of Indian diaspora in Australia, to me it appears, is a relatively recent phenomenon. But if I compare with the emergence of Indian diaspora in other parts of the world, I think there's striking parallels to India's diaspora in the United States. And that's where I think the cross-mobilization of talent, ideas, incubating young businesses, startups, enterprises, I think the diaspora is going to play a big role on the India-Australia sector. In fact, it is the bedrock for our lasting partnership. We already have a well-developed institutional framework in place and the diaspora is there to further deepen these ties and taken these to a much higher level. As governments, we are already playing a facilitating role, but now I sense we have reached a stage where the diaspora is going to play a catalytic role in advancing a trade and economic partnership. And finally, as your time does wrap up in Sydney this year, what are some of your favourite moments during your posting? I have enjoyed each and every moment of my stay here in Australia. There have been so many favourite moments, but certainly lighting of the seals of iconic Oprah House last year on the occasion of India at 75, I think was a momentous occasion. And just before that, coinciding with those festivities, we launched the Charkha and Ex Karga exhibition at the prestigious Powerhouse Museum. What really was a pleasant surprise for me, the amount of traction for this ex exhibition was there, especially among the young children and the schools. The viewers, the handlooms that we got from India was such a big draw. And of course, cricket is <laughs> one of the biggest our commonalities and meeting our cricketing teams and legend has always been a great delight for me. On a personal front, I have always been mesmerized by the natural beauty, the sea coast of Australia. The coastal walks here, in and around Sydney, in Bandina, to the central coast, hiking Mount Kosciuszko, these are some of my favorite memories in this country. And above all, the Sydney has a very rich cultural calendar. The New York fireworks have always been a big draw and probably they are the best in the world. Last year, when Zubin Mehta 
द कंडक्टर ऑफ नोटेड फिलहॉर्मन का ऑर्केस्ट्रा द लेजेंड वॉज हेयर इट वॉज सच मैसमराइजिंग एक्सपीरियंस एंड आई एम ऑल्सो डीपली इम्प्रेस्ड एंड डीपली वैल्यू ऑल्सो द साइंस ऑफ सॉलिडरिटी दैट कम्स फ्रॉम द वाइडर ऑस्ट्रेलियन सोसाइटी ड्यूरिंग द टफ टाइम्स स्पेशली इन कोविड आई स्टिल रिमेंबर द मैसेजेस दैट वी गॉट फ्रॉम ईच एंड एवरी वन ओवर हेयर फ्रॉम द वाइडर ऑस्ट्रेलियन सोसाइटी दे आर स्टिल पार्ट ऑफ माई मेमरीज एंड आई एम गोइंग टू चेरिश ऑल माई फेवरेट मोमेंट्स ओवर हेयर इन ऑस्ट्रेलिया थैंक यू वेरी मच फॉर दिस कॉन्वर्सेशन कॉन्सल जनरल गुप्ता It's been fascinating to hear how you've perceived the bilateral relationship between India and Australia during your posting but also how much you love the natural coastline of Australia which is also one of my favorites. Thank you so much Sara once again and many thanks to Australia India Institute and also deep appreciation for the role you play in bringing India and Australia together at all levels. Thank you. Thank you for tuning into Chats Over Chai. Stay up to date with the institute by subscribing to this podcast wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Sarah White, signing off from Sydney until our next episode. Goodbye. <laughs>